Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Tonight, but I want to welcome you to church, 5pm. Good job, guys. Lovely to have you here in this nice, cool weather. And um, we're actually starting a new series in uh, on the Sunday nights called Juice, which is all about the fruit of the Spirit. So tonight, I'm talking about the first one, which is, can you remember this Bible verse if you've been around for a while? What's the first one? Love, love. And if you haven't been here very long, welcome. You're about to learn about the fruits of the Spirit. So Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 is where we find the description of the fruits of the Spirit, which says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. So over the next couple of weeks, um, the speakers are going to take one of those fruits of the Spirit every week and we're going to speak into that. So today we are talking about love, love. And this love that's in this verse, this is actually um, the description of agape or agape or agapeo, however you want to say it, um, which is that God's love. And the vines expose Dictionary explains agape, this kind of love, like this. And that's what we're going to break down tonight and look at. So, in the respect of agape as used of God, it expresses the deep and constant love and interest of a perfect being towards entirely unworthy objects. That's us, by the way. Producing and fostering a reverential love in them towards the giver, a practical love towards those who are partakers of the same and a desire to help others to seek the giver. So this is when they're talking about the fruits of the Spirit and it talks about love. It's talking about this agape kind of love. And so what I want to do in the next half an hour or so is break down what that actually looks like in the practical for us and talk about love that leads to Jesus. So if you're taking notes tonight, that's what we're talking about, love that leads to Jesus. What does that look like in our modern day? And Dave has really brought up a verse and says he'll bring it up a lot this year that's been really stood out as um, a theme for this year. And it's Psalm 101, no, Psalm 103 verse 7, which says, He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And um, if you know the story of Moses, you know, he had a pretty tumultuous experience with God. And, um, you know, he was set aside as a baby to be able to deliver the people of Israel from Egypt. But um, he, you know, he met, well, God actually interrupted his world and spoke to him through a burning bush and, and draw, drew him out and said, no, you're going to be able to do this. And, no, and he for a while ran and was like, I don't want to do this. And then um, after a while kind of started on this crazy journey of God and um, getting to know Him more. And there's this point in Moses' story where they're out in the wilderness and um, God's presence appears on the mountain and Moses turns to all the Israelites and says, come on, let's go, let's run into His presence, let's meet Him, let's get into the character of God, let's connect with God. And they all look at the grandeur of what's happening on the mountain. They say, no, 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 you go up, you go up, you tell us, you tell us what God says, we just want to stay at a distance. And um, because of that, 
response to God's love that Moses had, he discovered the character of God. He was close with God. He was a friend of God. Do you know he negotiated with God? God changed his mind because of Moses in certain areas when they were in the wilderness. I mean, that is an intimate relationship, isn't it? Could you imagine having that kind of discussion with the Almighty God that you could be in His presence and be like hashing stuff out? I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? So if we look at this verse, who do we want to be? Do you want to be Moses? Or do you want to be the people of Israel that say, no, 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 you're fine. You go up, you tell us. He's too scary for me. You know, where are we at? And that's not a criticism. That's an encouragement. Are we kind of like, oh, I don't know how much of this God I can take because um, I don't really know his character. But after this verse, for the next, what is that, nine verses, um, it explains the character of God. And this is the character when Moses said, tell me who you are. You know, who are you? Who are you, Yahweh, which is God's name? Who are you? Well, you know, what kind of God are you? And this is the description of the God that we serve. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. Do you believe that? Or do you feel accused? Because it says that he won't do that. So maybe we're not listening to God if we feel like that. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Have you looked up lately? That's pretty high. That's pretty grand. I mean, you know, look at the size of us compared to the height of the heavens. That's his love for us. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. How far is that? It's never ending, you know. It just keeps going. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Do you know that? He remembers that. All these times that we expect ourselves to do things right and jump through hoops and be a good Christian. He knows that we're only dust. He knows we're going to get it wrong. He, he's known that always. It's not a problem for him. It's a problem for us. <laughs> Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we were never been as though we had never been here but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him the love of the Lord remains forever so even if we choose to be the people that stand back from him and say I don't I don't want to get too close you know this is too much for me the grandeur of God the the divinity of God like I don't know if I can handle that or if we choose to be like Moses and we run into his presence and we build an intimate strong relationship where we can converse about our feelings and what's going on and move and grow and develop with God either way he still loves us but when we talk about agape love, the love that God's talking about, that deep, constant love of that perfect being towards us who is so unworthy, producing and fostering a love towards us, that love should draw us. If we've really captured it, if it's really hooked us in our heart, it should draw us towards wanting to know our God 
And keep in mind, if we look at his character, we can walk into his presence with confidence. That was the whole point when Jesus died and the veil that represented the separation between people and God in the temple tore in two. He's trying to tell us something. Walk into my presence. I want to connect with you. I want to be deep in an intimate relationship with you where we can hash out stuff together, where you can know my character, where we can be friends deep, intimate friends, and we can talk about our feelings and we can talk about what's going on. You know, God likes to share with us. That's crazy, isn't it? But we have this opportunity that we can take, if only we want to, to develop this love with our God. And it's not just for, you know, the people, the pastors and the important people. This is for everyone. This is how God's done for everyone, you know? Imagine that. I don't know about you, but I, I don't know how I actually, how confident I am to run that confidently into God's presence, but I want to be, you know, I want to trust Him more and I want to hear more. I want to know more and I hope you feel the same. So that's the first part of agape. And then after that, it says a practical love towards those who are partakers of the same. So the partakers are the same. Who's that? Well, the people sitting next to you. So if we're really connecting with this God, the character of God, and we're actually building this relationship with God, what it should also do is build a practical love towards those that are around us, that we actually should be able to look at people and start to see them the way that God sees them them, that they're important, that they're special, that they're unique, that they're a reflection of the image of God, but not like, oh man, that person's so annoying or, oh, you know, I don't really like them or gosh, I wish that they weren't here. Like we wouldn't be like that, you know. We would be so happy to be with that person, to connect, to see that. And that's what this um, film clip that you just saw is Walker Hayes, the writer, is his experience of stepping into a church and meeting a man called Craig. And it's a true story. And the verse, the first verse says, I met Craig at a church called Redeeming Grace. It's like he understood my I don't want to be here face. I felt out of place and I smelled like beer, but he just shook my hand and said, I'm glad you're here. If I think about that, am I like that when people walk in here? Am I giving a practical love towards those who are partakers of the same if I'm going to have the fruits of the Spirit in my life and that love? You know, do you see someone who has that I don't want to be here face and go, <laughs> and go around them, oh, and go to someone that's going, hey, at me? Or is it, you know, the people are like, back off. You can see they're not comfortable. Do you go up to those people or is that too uncomfortable? Or do you gravitate to your friends or the people you know or the people that are like you? You know, do I do that? Um, I'm learning just as much. This has really been challenging me this week. Um, But Craig, he shook his hand and said, I'm glad you're here. And he meant it. He meant it. The next part of the song says, yeah, I know, right? He sounds cool. Not your typical kid from Sunday school, right? I still ain't figured out church yet, but Craig... I get. And I just love that because, you know, I've been in church a long time, so I'm really comfortable in this whole vibe. But church is weird, guys. Okay? Church is crazy. I mean, who goes into a place and everyone's like, whoa, hey, how are you going? Let's like sing some songs and we'll read the words and we'll all go like this and we'll close our eyes and we'll go, hmm. I mean, like, it's weird. 
you know? Like, let's be honest. If you haven't stepped into a church before, this is totally fish out of water feeling, right? But I love that, that line that says, I still haven't figured out what this weird, crazy church thing is about. But Craig, I get. The people in the church were easy to relate to. What's going on? Maybe not. Or this weird God thing that we can't see that you're all talking about. Or these quotes of these verses in this some book that you're all obsessed with. And, you know, these famous names like David and Moses that you're all going on about. I don't get any of that. But I get you because you're glad I'm here. Because that first step, you know, that love that leads to Jesus, like we are that. We are the most relatable part of someone that comes in here. They've seen people around. So let's be that, you know. I don't know if you've ever been at a party and you're in the corner and you're like, man, I wish I wasn't I'm just going to pretend that I'm having a really good time and get my phone out, pretend I'm texting my friend. (laughs) The phone, according to one of my friends, is the new version of smoking because like back in the day, if you had no friends, you could be in the corner like, so cool because I've got my friend and I actually want to be on my own because I'm smoking. But now it's like, I'm so cool because like, I'm chatting to all my Instagram followers, you know. Sometimes we can feel really out of place. You know that lonely feeling when you've got a whole room full of people and you just feel like you shouldn't be there? Let's hope that no one walks into New Spring and feels like that. Let's hope that just like Walker Hayes' experience of church, it's I'm glad you're here. And he doesn't get church, but he gets Craig. Let's hope we're like that. Because to be honest, if we're going to be people that are showing a love that leads to Jesus, that the fruits of the Spirit of love are in our lives, then that should be happening in our church, guys. That should be happening when we're at our um, workplace and in our neighbourhoods and in our communities. That's what God's love does with us. The third part of that agape love description says a desire to help others to seek the giver, that love that leads to Jesus. And as you know, in the mornings, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark. And I just love this verse. It has been playing on my mind since it's been referenced quite a few times in other people's talks. And that is Mark uh, chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers, okay? So he's got the mafia and he's got the thieves and he's got the prostitutes and the, and the drunks and these are all Jesus's mates. And Dave mentioned that verse a couple of weeks ago and after it, you know what he said? Where are they? And that has been playing on my mind ever since because you guys look pretty clean and so do I. And sometimes when I look around and I think, oh, I'm changing the world because I love Jesus. Like, you know, maybe I should not get too comfortable and think that I'm actually open and warm. Maybe, maybe these kind of people don't feel as comfortable around us as we think. I spoke on something similar to this about a year or so ago and I um, asked people if anyone had seen the homeless man that sits down at North Armadale Coles and quite a few people were like, yeah, 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 I have, I have, I have. And I asked what was his name 
And no one, including myself, in the room knew this man's name, although we'd, most of us had walked past him many, many times, if that's your coals. And I think it really, for me, really shook home. It's like Jesus would have known his name. Jesus doesn't walk past the homeless man, you know, the leper, the prostitute. He stops for those people. He sees them in the crowds. That's the kind of Jesus that we're talking about. That's the agape love of our Lord Christ Jesus. Are we showing that? What about in your life? Do you feel that? Well, after that sermon that I spoke, that was my own challenge. And I was like, I'm going to get to know this man. And I met him. And his name's Elton. And um, I was like, hi, Elton. I was like total fish out of water, by the way. I was like coming to church for the first time, you know, like no idea what I'm doing. Um, hi, Elton. How are you? Would you like anything? I'm going to the shops, you know, got, to, got him some food, etc. And I was like, oh, super Christian. And um, then the next time, you know, hey, Elton, how are you? Remember me, Chelsea? Hi, how are you? Need anything? Okay, great, great. And for a couple of months, we'd do that. And my kids kind of got into it. We'd get him a piece of fruit and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, amazing like love like Jesus, here I go. Whoa. And um, then after a while, and I, you know, carried on with life. And then I started walking past the homeless people at North Armadale Coles because there's a lot. It's a good hangout. And um, I um, stopped asking people's names and I stopped buying food for people because, you know, I'm busy. And it was only a couple of months ago that I actually walked past Elton. I hadn't seen him for a while and I'd forgotten his name. And I just walked past and I just went, oh my gosh, I've forgotten his name. Here I am thinking like, ticked the box, <laughs> love like Jesus, agape, woo. And I couldn't even remember his name. And I think like, Chelsea, give yourself a reality check here. Just because you buy a person a couple of pieces of fruit, don't think that you've made it as a Christian or don't think that you're loving like Jesus, okay? Now, of course, I'm better than a couple of years ago. I get that. And thank goodness God says what? He knows how weak we are and remembers we are only dust. So let's not smash ourselves in the face and go, oh, that's true. I'm just terrible. No, it's not about that. It's about us getting closer to understanding who we're following, understanding the character of God and keep pursuing that so that we keep getting closer to what, um, what's in his heart and how he wants us to be. That's what it's about. It's about not thinking that we've arrived, but keep going on the journey. And anyway, so this lovely man, Elton, then I, I introduced myself again and um, got him some other food the other day. But then one thing I want to be honest with you about is, you know, I'm trying to break down my own prejudice, my own fears, because I came up to him and he's got no shoes on. His toes are really messed up. His feet are dirty. His hands are dirty. His lips swollen. You know, I was really out of my comfort zone because if I'm honest with you guys, I didn't want to get dirty. That's where I was at. This is just the other day. I didn't want to get dirty. And it was the middle of the day. And so I knew I was safe. There's lots of people around. It's not like, it wasn't like a genuine concern for myself because I'm all for making sure we look after ourselves. But I could feel in myself me just wanting to retract from this man because he's not like me. And I don't feel comfortable with that. And I don't know how to interact with someone who's not like me because I am yet to get to the point where I love like Jesus. And so... I, I gave him some food and, and he said, oh, 
do you have like 50 bucks because I need to like pay for this? And, and I knew it was not true. Uh, his explanation, I was like, that doesn't even line up. So then I was like, oh my gosh, he's trying to stuff me around now. And I was like, retract, retract, fear, 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 fear. And I left, that was me done. Okay, I just wanna be honest with you that like, those things go on in our head, right? Because we're still developing our character to be close to God. We're still developing our relationships to get closer to God, that we can love like Jesus, that we can bend down to the leper and we can hold his hand like what Jesus did. He wasn't scared of getting dirty. You know, he just, his compassion for love, a desire to help others to seek the giver, to connect and understand that it's so much more important for them to learn about the giver of love, God, than me getting a dirty hand. It's, it's so out of proportion, isn't it? But although that's what I was struggling with. And, and when I look at Elton and his... his um, messiness is very obvious, isn't it? I mean, you're sitting on the corner. You, I can see your, your skin's broken. You're, you've got these things physically. I can see the messiness. But I've been like Elton before. But just my messiness was looked a little bit neater. You know, I've been to the point where inside of myself, I've been so broken and so messy and so dirty that I have not wanted to live. But Jesus came and he healed me and he grew me and he told me and taught me his love for me and he changed my life. And that can be Elton as well, that he can actually deal with those addictions and have a job and get relationships and know that he's important. That is actually what the love of Jesus can do. He can do that. I've had that in my own life. I've seen that in others. And we have a community out there that is just waiting for the love of Jesus. Because if we look at the, in the Bible, people flocked to Jesus. They flocked to him. Okay, are people flocking in here? Leroy said no. <laughs> and I know, I know we're a lovely church, I know we're not awful people, but I think, you know, we're doing some good things. But can we love like Jesus? Are we loving that leads to Jesus? Are we there yet? Do we have that agape love that is just so burning inside us that we get who God is, that the character of God we're so connected with, we understand Him, we're growing with Him, that we love each other so much and we love others out there that we're just flocking to Jesus because it's so tangible. Are we there yet? I would say in my own life, I'm not, but I want to be. And I'm more there than I was two years ago. So I'm not going to beat myself up about it, but I want to keep trying and I want to keep pushing towards understanding my God because our God is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry. He's filled with unfailing love, unfailing love. The only, only God, the only person that can give that. We know Him. We know Him. We've been introduced to Him. And I think it's about time that the people out there get that same understanding as well. The song continues on and it says, this is talking about Craig, the man that he met. He can't walk on water nor, nor turn the Napa Valley red, but he just might be tight with a man that did. No, he's not the light of the world, but I wish mine was as bright as his. Yeah, he just might be tight with a man that is. 
Now remember, we don't have to be Jesus. We just have to be tight enough to be able to point someone to Jesus. Be like, hey, I'm like you. And they might have all these things going on and they're just craving and hanging out for a solution and then meet you. And they might go, hang on, this person's different. Maybe they are tight with someone who can solve my problem. Because if you've got a relationship with God, you are tight with the man that did these things, the ones that can change our lives. You have that at your um, fingertips. So let's give that to other people. But we can only do that if we're led by the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit producing this kind of fruit in our lives. The more that we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and change us and challenge us and grow us and mould us and shape us and love us, the more that we allow that, the more that we just become agape love, that it just comes out of us, that it um, overflows from us, that it's not like, oh gosh, this is really hard. It just becomes who we are. Um, The next verse after the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, verse 24, says, Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part the big and the small, not just the spiritual bits, but the big and the small. If we allow the Holy Spirit to start developing these fruits of the Spirit within us, then we're going to have a love that leads to Jesus and it changes lives. The next part of the story with Craig says, I needed help, but I couldn't admit it. I was struggling, but I said, Craig, it's all good. But he knew that it all wasn't. A hey man, I'm praying for you would have been sufficient, but nah, he took roadside assistance to a whole new level. And so he actually ended up buying him a car for his family so his family was safe. He met a real practical need above and beyond what was expected. The hey man, I'm praying for you. And this once again really stood out for me in the story. Two things. First of all, the Craig, it's all good. And I think about in, in our church and with the culture that we have, do we do that? How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) But it's not. Why? If that's true, why? Because if we're talking about that love where the practical love towards each other and that desire to help others and knowing that we're only dust and knowing that the Lord's love is compassionate and merciful and slow to get angry and unfailing, why do we feel the need to then put on the whole I'm fine front? Maybe we don't really feel yet that we're at the point where we can be genuinely ourselves and not have that unfailing love back to us. So maybe in the culture of the way we live, maybe that we can think about if we can be more vulnerable, more open, more accepting of others and less judgmental, less more of the Christian rules that we put on ourselves, by the way, and more of loving people. It's a real challenge. This one as well, it says, hey man, I'm praying for you would have been sufficient. Now I know, I don't know about you if you're honest, but I know in my life, sometimes when I know someone's going, hi, yeah, you know, this and this and this, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've done the whole, I'm praying for you. But I've already said it because it's a really easy Christian out. Has anyone else done that before? So it's like, oh yeah, I'm praying for you. Mm." 
bless you, Trevor. I'll remember you in my prayers. You know, and that's it. Um, if we look at this, I'm good, I'm fine. Oh, great, man. You know, I'm praying for you. Like, it's so superficial, isn't it? And I hope if you're actually genuine and you genuinely do pray, pray for that person, that's the best thing you can do. I'm not at all saying that that's not amazing. That's wonderful. But I know some of my amazing friends in here are such good prayers, so good at praying for others, so good at remembering people in prayer. And that is not what I'm talking about. It's the whole just the fob off conversation of I'm praying for you. Do we do that? Can you be honest to say if you've done that before? Is this that agape love of culture that develop, we're developing? Or we just have our front on, you know, or can we be real with each other? Can we be real and say that we're struggling? Can we be honest with the people around us and say, hey, I need help. I want to get closer to God, but I am struggling with all this human stuff. Are we like that? Um, we've had that in our church over the last year that there's been people in here, and I, I actually don't know who they are, but I know that Dave was saying one thing he wants to develop as our culture is that people have been struggling in the last year and um, Dave didn't know about it until after the fact. And he was like, I wonder who else didn't know about these people that we connect with, that we, that we see all the time, are struggling, you know, with sickness, with finances, emotionally, with relationships, and no one knows and if that's the case, and if you're like, yeah, actually, that's happened to me, um, we're not there yet. And that's okay, because God knows we're only dust. But we can continue to help and grow and um, develop understanding this love by connecting with God, by being led by the Holy Spirit, so that we actually do have a love that leads to Jesus in our lives and with each other, where we can be vulnerable and real and do life together. Man, humans, we stuff up all the time. We do. Like, I'm not saying come into church and like lay it all out, but like genuine connection where you can openly talk to someone who you trust and get um, support in many different ways. Do we have that? Because I want to be in a place that I can do that. I want to do life where you know that I'm not as amazing as I seem. I want to know, I want you to know that. Aaron, <laughs> we're preaching here. Do you mind? <laughs> Aaron's known me for way too long. Um, but, you know, like I want to I know that when I really stuff up that you've got my back. I want to know that you won't go, oh, well, I'm sorry, that was the line and you crossed it, you're done. Would you like that in your life where you can be like, man, I'm drowning and I need someone right now and I know that I can call my friend at New Spring and they're going to be there for me and they're not going to judge me and they're going to help me and they're going to walk with me so I can grow in my love for Jesus, in my life, in my relationships, in my finances and I can move forward into the life that God has wanted me to have. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be really unusual to the culture that is in the world. If we had a church like that, I tell you, they'd be flocking here, right? Where you could be genuinely real with people. Doesn't that sound like heaven? <laughs> we can be that. We can be that. You know why? 
Because we know the God that is like that and we can step into His presence. We can run up that mountain and say, come on, let's go find out who God really is because He wants us to be close and intimate with Him. We can do that if we choose to. If we choose to accept this love, this constant love, this um, beautiful perfect being towards entirely unworthy objects, this love producing and fostering a reverential love in them towards the giver, that we're so in love with God that, you know, reading our Bible and praying and doing all those things is not a chore because that's what a good Christian does. It's a deep desire to get to know our God even more, that it actually is like, oh, I can't wait to get to know more about God, to understand Him because I know it's just so amazing. Getting to there and a practical love where we see others and we don't give them a, hey man, I'm praying for you, but we give a genuine connection, a genuine hand, walk life together in vulnerability and truth that a desire to help others, that you might be able to sit down with someone like Elton and just be part of his world. Or it might not be, you might be really good with homeless people. So that's one that means is quite a struggle. It might be um, you know, really pretty people or <laughs> people that are quite successful and you might think, oh, I can't talk to them because, you know, I'm not like that. Or it could be people who are quite loud or people who are quite quiet and you're like, oh, I don't know what I'll talk about because they're not going to talk and then I don't have to talk. You know, it's not necessarily someone like that, but people that are different to you or people that challenge you or make you feel uncomfortable, um, Jesus just straight to him. That everyone else went, mm, too hard basket. He's right there. They're his followers. There were many people of this kind amongst Jesus's followers. And that really challenges me. Like I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm like, what does that mean? Do I bring these people into my home? I mean, I've got three kids. Like, that this is really getting in my head. And I don't know the answer, except that God does. So I know that if we spend our lives building towards understanding Him that, and being led by the Holy Spirit, these fruits of the Spirit will develop in our lives and we will know how to respond. I know that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a love that leads to Jesus. Now, what I want to do is because this is all good if we talk about this, but, you know, it's that practical love is what it talks about here. And so I want to play this song again that you just heard before. And in that time, I want to encourage you to do a little action plan. And it has to be one thing, but either write it down or put it in the notes in your phone. Actually commit to it. Don't just go, yep tick, did that in my mind, like a real commitment to one thing that you can do this week that develops that agape love. So it might be growing that love between you and God. It might be something practical that you're, you know, going to say hello to someone new in church. It could be that you're going to sit down with a homeless person and chat to them, or you're going to talk to the person that's too intimidating at work. It doesn't matter for me what it is, but I believe that as we play this song, that if you really take this time, God will speak to you and give you something that you can do to step closer, one step closer to loving like Jesus. And um, I really encourage you, please, don't write something down for the sake of doing an exercise. But if we want to have a love that leads to Jesus, if we genuinely want agape love in our lives, if we want to have the fruits of the Spirit grow and cultivate in our lives, then let's try something this week that gets us one step closer 
just one step closer. Because if we spend our lives just doing these baby steps, we're in the right direction. He knows we're going to stuff it up. It's not about that. It's about walking and not thinking we've arrived yet, but moving towards our God. So we're going to play this song. And in those, you know, three minutes or so, please take a moment to choose and find something, an action, something that you're going to do that is going to show someone or develop that love in yourself that leads to Jesus. And if you think about this story... This guy, Walker Hayes, who had a recording contract and lost it, and that's where he lost his money in his car, and that's why this man, Craig, bought him a car. This man, Craig, didn't know that Walker Hayes wrote a song about him. He didn't know that this impact of this car had made such a difference in his life that he was going to write a song that creates a legacy that's going to be communicated all over the world of this person's love, practical love that made a difference in his life. I mean, I've never met them. However, we're talking about it tonight. That man's one action created a legacy that showed God's love that made a big change all over the world. So let's do something like that. Something small that seems insignificant but shows the love that leads to Jesus. So let's take a couple of minutes, write whatever it is for you and then I'll come up and we'll close.